think in any decision, any any habit establishment, we're always thinking about sort of the way up of like cost cost to, to benefit, right? That sort of cost to benefit ratio. And I think exercise is just, you know, the benefit is right up here and the cost is extremely low, right? So it, I, I truthfully think that every single person on this planet should be doing something physically active and find passion and interest towards that because of the benefits that, you know, I've just mentioned. Hey mate, I'm Coach Mitch and welcome to the Unbreakable Man podcast. It's my goal to help you achieve excellent results in the area of your health and physical fitness, your career or business, your relationships, and in your own personal passions. This is gonna be your one-stop shop if you are the kind of man who wants to achieve his fullest potential in life. And the only way to do that is by becoming unbreakable. All right, welcome to the Unbreakable Man podcast. My name is Coach Mitch, and today my guest is Mr. Daniel Chappelle. He's a bodybuilding and strength coach from Brisbane. And uh, we're going to get to to know Daniel a bit today and also have him share his wisdom on how we as men can build our strength and improve our bodies. So, Dan, how are you feeling today, mate? I'm good, man. Any opportunity to uh, to come on a podcast and talk about, you know, health, fitness, bodybuilding is definitely my jam. So thank you for the opportunity to to jump on today and have a chat with you. Awesome. No, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate you taking the time. So um, before we get into the meat of the conversation, I want to start off just by uh, giving the audience a little bit of a taste of who Mr. Daniel Chappelle is on a more personal level. So my first question for you, Dan, is what is something that you like to do just for a laugh, mate? Just for a laugh? Just for a laugh. What do you do for fun? Uh, I mean, these days I'm, I'm a busy man when it comes to work, but I I mean, most of the time what I do is I, I spend a bit of time gaming. I am a bit of a gamer at heart. So uh, any any time, any spare time that I've got, which is minimal these days, is uh, a little bit more gaming. Um, so and what a bit are you of, playing? Uh, I was playing Elden Ring for a while, so on the uh, on the PS. Cool. Demon Souls. I'm a good good fan of the From Software games. Um, but you know things like COD as well, and and some of those games. Well, I'm a bit of a, a Warcraft fiend, so I've been playing World of Warcraft for a good stretch of time ever since I was young. But uh, like I said, I don't have as much time to, to play as like I was probably like to you know this at this point in my adult life <laughs> with responsibilities. Um, but other than that, made a bit of anime. I enjoy watching anime, just uh, just chilling out, man. Nice. So uh, it's probably the free time I've got. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, we don't want to grow up too much, do we? No, man. Exactly right. I, you know, I keep saying to my athletes and my clients, like it's uh, it, it's all you know serious when it comes to tra- the training side of things. But you need some time away from that to just you know be yourself and and kind of edge out and have a bit of a lifestyle deload of sorts every now and then. Yeah, well said. Very cool. What is your favorite book, if you have one? My favorite book, mm. one that stands out to you. Hmm. Hmm. Um. I mean, this is probably a little bit more on the, I guess, the, the bodybuilding or strength and conditioning side of things. But uh, Eric Helms has a basically a, a nutrition and, and strength training pyramid, which is it's sort of like a, a fundamental guide surrounding, uh, you know, both strength training and and nutrition. And I think uh, for myself as a trainer, sort of, you know, coming coming down from, you know, I guess starting a university and, and working myself into into this, into this, uh, into my career. Essentially, it was a, a groundbreaking book for me to understand and sort of solidify my understanding when it came to to those particular topics. So, you know, when whenever someone comes to me and they sort of say, "Hey, you know, I'm wanting to get into the industry," and and you know, is there any books or resources that perhaps 
you know, I, I should read. They're typically the the two that I would recommend for a lot of these individuals. Nice. So, um, yeah, I don't tend to read too much for leisure these days, but if it, if it had to come down to sort of two resources to assist in, in, in what we do, they would probably be the, the two there. Cool. What are they called? Uh, it's the, the strength, the strength and nutrition training, uh, training pyramid, which, uh, you can purchase from, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to sound like I'm plugging it here, like I'm sponsored, but, um, I think 3DMJ sell it on their website. So, um, yeah, fantastic resources, man. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what is a big goal that you're working on right now for yourself? Yeah, great question, man. I, I think at this stage, if I think about it from more as, you know, a competitor, I sort of had two hats that I wear as like the coach's hat and, you know, the, the competitor hat. Uh, for me, my, my next season of bodybuilding is probably going to be season B, which is sort of end of the year of 2025. So, you know, I've still got a couple of years to go, but, you know, between, between seasons, the last season I competed was in 2021, uh, end of the year. So it's, it's a good stretch of time between seasons there. You know, as a, as a natural athlete, we, we tend to need a little bit more time when it comes to, you know, building our physique. And, and especially if I have these really large goals of, of jumping on the world stage uh, for the WNBF and doing really well there, you know, I, I can see how there's, there's some areas that I really need to improve upon between now and then. So that's sort of my, I guess, my long-term goal at this at this point in time. Nice. What's kind of driving that for you? Because that's a, that's a big goal and that's very going to require a lot of very specific action a lot of sacrifice so what really pushes you in that direction mm, yeah look i think for me i have such a passion towards towards bodybuilding you know since i i grew up i got into exercise science i got into fitness uh, i think bodybuilding has always sort of been at, at the forefront in terms of my interest uh and because i just love it love it so much it's never been something that has you know become a chore uh, of course there's days you know when it comes to training or tracking or whatever it may be that you know, you do lose a little bit of motivation towards the goal, but I think, you know, ultimately I, I enjoy it so much that that's, that's kind of the main driver. Uh, it, it's almost like my, it, it's become my identity of sorts and uh, it's what sort of gives me purpose, I think as well, you know, outside of some of the other things, you know, that are important, obviously family and, and um, your partner and, and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's even hard to identify sort of what drives me because it's just a, an internal uh, sort of an, in, an internalized thing that just pushes me towards that goal. And I think ultimately it's just because I'm passionate and I and I just thoroughly enjoy it. Awesome. I like that because it's uh, it's great to hear that you feel like you have a purpose in your life. I think that's yeah. a, it's a big thing that I um, talk about in a lot of the stuff that I do with Unbreakable Man because I think it all kind of starts from there. You know, and I think a lot of people are walking around with no real idea why they're here or why they believe they're here and what it is that they're sort of consistently um, trying to work towards and build. So it's great to hear that you feel like you got that, man. That's a big... Absolutely, like, yeah. I, I think that's that's one of the you know primary benefits of exercise as a whole, right? Regardless of whether you, you've got you know, goals towards competing or anything like that. I mean, having that that structure and routine each week of, of training at certain times, particularly if you've got like sort of a, a really solid friendship group around, around that as well, that all go to the gym together or... You know, gives you that that certainly gives you that extra sense of purpose above and beyond you know your identity associated with what you do for work or things like that because you know I some I think sometimes for for some individuals you know work is just work right it's not it's not someone's you know primary enjoyment in life and so certainly you know you need to have something above and beyond that I think for a lot of individuals that can be 
you know, fitness. It can give them that sort of extra layer of identity and uh, and purpose within life. So absolutely, I agree. Nice. And that's a great point too, is that, you know, I feel very fortunate in that my purpose and what I do for a living are intertwined. And obviously you have that same privilege as well. And I think a lot of people, when they think about, oh, I have my purpose and that forms, you know, the, the, the majority of how I spend my day, i.e. it's, it's involved in how I make a living, you know, that's not always feasible and it, it and you can't necessarily, your, your purpose may not necessarily be something that's commercially viable. It might just be important to you. Mm. Be something that you really care about that really, um, lights you up. So I think it's, it's good to recognize too, that, you know, in your search for purpose and meaning in your life recognize that it doesn't have to necessarily come through your um your your work whatever it is you do for a living if you can make it like that great but it doesn't have to be that way and you shouldn't necessarily try to force it Mm, absolutely yeah and i think a lot of people sometimes want to keep their their passions sort of separate from their work as well and not sort of intertwine them in a way um because it may actually impede upon their ability to thoroughly enjoy enjoy that like i've I found even as my, myself, we know within the bodybuilding realm, when I was sort of just a bodybuilder, that, that was my you know entire life. And, and, um, and that was, it, it created a hell of a lot of enjoyment when I went to the gym, you know, and I think uh, as much as I still have that same enjoyment, I've got that sort of extra level of responsibility now of also, you know, coaching within the space. And so it probably comes from a place where, you know, I'll be at the gym, but I'll also be thinking, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And this probably comes about with, you know, everyone's work, really, just the responsibility of adult life. But uh, I know that some individuals, they, they do want to keep their, their work very separate from their passions, just as a means of being able to, you know, thoroughly enjoy it and, and have that sort of space away from where they've got time for themselves, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So, so far in this conversation, I've uh, alluded to the fact that Dan is actually also my strength coach. So I've been working with uh, with this man for the last six, seven months. Uh, and I can tell you from experience that um, all the knowledge and the wisdom and the accountability that I've got out of that experience is, has put me in a point where I've never been physically stronger than I am right now. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm loving seeing the progress in, in how my body looks as well, which is really, really cool. Because what I found as, as a trainer and as someone who's been in the gym for quite some time, probably around about the 10 year mark now, 10 to 11 years, is that for probably the last five or six prior to, you know, working with Dan, I have basically been at the same level for most of that time, weighing about the same, having the same amount of strength, looking roughly about the same, maybe a little bit leaner here and there. Um, but that has been kind of that experience, uh, and deciding to work with yourself was all about, okay, well. You know, I've been at this point for so long and it's time now, you know, I already do all this stuff, I already train, I already eat. So why not just optimize this so that I can get the most out of my body so I can, I can learn or understand what is my full potential in terms of my physical ability, you know, I'm starting to get closer to that. So, um, I want to say that thank you very much for, for your coaching and accountability so far, man, it's going really well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we progress moving forwards. Course, mate. Yeah, you've been you've been fantastic. Truthfully, you've uh, you've done the work. You, you train damn hard, and um, you know I think ultimately when it comes to so hiring a coach as a coach, you know I, I can I can very much vouch for that because I think you know even as as coaches, as much as we we know the tricks of our trade, 
you know, there is that extra level of accountability associated with having someone else, you know, in your corner to assist with the plan. Um, but also, I think we can be somewhat biased to ourselves as to what what we need, you know, and, and perhaps what 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 we what we're doing is more around what we want to do as opposed to, you know, maybe perhaps what we need to do to to excel. And and sometimes it takes that extra person to sort of you know push us in a certain direction or encourage us to to take a certain direction to then you know, see that see that improvement. Um, you know, I've for example, you know, I obviously work with with Brandon Kempter and uh, BK and and um, for for anyone who doesn't know who who BK is, he's he's probably one of the best natural bodybuilding you know coaches and athletes uh, worldwide. I'd say uh, very well renowned within you know the, the whole globe basically as being an incredible bodybuilder. Um, you know, I've, and I've had the the luxury of working alongside him, not only as an athlete, but also, you know, as a coach now. And, um, you know, I can vouch the, the benefit of having someone in your corner to, to guide you, because I think, you know, when I, when I, when I was sort of first approaching, uh, you know, Brandon in terms of coaching, I was in the mindset of, you know, do I actually need a coach? Like, I feel like, you know, I've gone to university, I've studied my exercise science degree, I've done my postgrad, I've done, you know, the, you know, X, Y, Z, all the shabam and, you know, I'm I'm so glad that I took that leap because you know ultimately I would probably be in a similar spot where I would be nowhere near my potential as an athlete or as a coach actually actually because you learn through that process. You know, it's very empowering to learn from somebody else and you know have a mentor. I think everyone should have a mentor figure. You know, within their their field. Um, so yes, I completely agree, man. It's it's super important to have you know a coach that you can sort of run things past and and help you push. You know, to that new level, like it, having someone in your corner is just so so valuable. Yeah, totally agree. And one thing I think is interesting about what you said there too is that you know I'm a pretty motivated guy as well. Like a lot of you know you can work with a client as a coach, and you know they like you really need to hold their hand through the whole process. Whereas for me, if you give me like what you do most of the time, which is you give me a target with my calories and protein macros and all that sort of stuff. And then you give me the program I need to follow. I'll just go and do it. You know, I don't necessarily need someone there to push me through it. However, one thing that I think that is really invaluable about having that mentor coach, someone to kind of bounce ideas off is when things don't go right during the week's worth of training, or even over a period of time, let's say there's injuries, illness, whatever the issue may be that's where having that person in your corner is like the difference between quitting and and uh and continue to move forwards or at least getting back on the horse sooner rather than later you know so i definitely uh but have experienced that even just over the last six seven months it's not been easy um but having you know professional advice from someone who who uh you know genuinely wants to see you succeed does make a massive difference especially when things don't go to plan Absolutely, yeah. It's so so valuable to be able to throw ideas across to someone else and get get their thoughts. And you know, the thing is with coaching is that it should always be collaborative, right? You know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't think that the the coach is you know on the pedestal and the athlete is below. Like we're both you know equal in terms of in terms of our height, and we're both uh, providing knowledge and, and value to the equation. You know, I'm I'm learning from, for example, yourself as an athlete, and you're also learning from from me as a coach. But ultimately. Our goal is the same, and that's to you know achieve your your very best. And for for whoever that is, it's it's whatever you know goal is in place. Um, you know, I think, like I said, we can be very biased in our own our own mentalities towards what we need versus perhaps you know what we want. 
And certainly, you know, within our, our career associated with training, there's certainly going to be obstacles along the way, just like you said. There's going to be injuries, there's going to be sickness, um, you know, family issues, whatever it may be. And sometimes just, you know, reaching out and being like, hey, this is what's happening. You know, what, what should I do? And, and sometimes it's, it's the answer is, is might be the exact same as what you thought as well. And, you know, that's not necessarily means that uh, the service was, you know, not, not, not valuable or anything like that. It's more so just a reinforcing that, hey, what you're doing is correct. You know, we can progress from here. So absolutely, man. Yeah. So valuable. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. So obviously you're on here today because I wanted to introduce my audience um, of men who are looking to improve themselves to someone like yourself who's a professional in helping guys build strength and, and build muscle. And I think that, you know, every guy deep down, even if they don't have a lot of experience of training in the gym um, or have maybe never ever even considered themselves to be the kind of guy that would ever be muscular or strong or anything like that, I think deep down all men want to be physically powerful in some way. You know, we, we want that, that's one of the things I believe makes us feel more masculine it's not the only thing but it's certainly a factor and you know for all the guys that are watching this i'm hoping today that we can we can inspire and encourage some action and then also give these guys some really good information to help them start to move forwards in that direction and in improving that area of their lives so what i wanted to do then was to ask you how did you start your journey of being a bodybuilder what was the initial thing that caused you to take that step mm, yeah great question i think it for me you know it sort of without giving my giving my autobiography but it sort of i guess it sort of stems back from you know when i was young i, I was very heavily invested in in swimming so that was my sort of you know sport growing up within within school and and uh, moving towards you know university uh that my swimming you know finished up going to state titles and everything like that and and i went to university uh on the gold coast to study exercise science and i think I, I needed the next thing in respect to training because I'd all you know trained all through my my youth and um, you know university. It's like, hey, well, I'm going to school here now. I'm living on campus. Like, what what is going to be my physical outlet? And I think because they had you know a, a university gym there, that was my sort of first interest, perhaps the closest thing that that would enable me to be physically active. Uh, and that's probably where my my bodybuilding interest really sort of accelerated. I just developed a a love and a passion for for that style of training. Um, started working there, you know, and, and, and through the process of working there, became a trainer and sort of organically progressed like that, you know, went to study exercise science, finished that. So sort of everything I've ever done is, has been, you know, or surrounding, you know, health and fitness and bodybuilding as a whole. Um, I think for me, you know, as funny as it sounds like, you know, growing up and seeing, uh, you know, muscular magazines, you know, my mom would take me to like the the, the the news agency or something like that you know you just be a kid sort of wandering through the the store and i'd pick up magazines of these guys that looked absolutely insane and i'd be like holy shit like <laughs> this is what you can look like well what's involved in this this is crazy so you know getting into into training was probably something that that motivated to me towards you know what seeing my my body progress and, and seeing my physique progress and my fitness progress and that was a motivator you know in itself first starting out and seeing that progression uh, seeing what I was sort of capable and being able to lift and move and and not even just the, those physical aspects, but also, um, you know, motivated by, by the fact that I could adhere to something for long enough. Like it was, I was, I was, and I was motivating others around me as well. So 
because I was working at that the gym at the time and people were seeing me me progress from being you know quite young into you know growing muscle mass etc it was it was really uh motivating for others as well to see that so I think that was probably my my prime motivation towards getting into bodybuilding and I think just through the process of you know learning more into the in the field and studying exercise science uh, eventually I, I wanted to sort of put my uh, expertise to practice, which which meant becoming becoming more of the athlete and eventually st- stepping on stage. Mm. Yeah, nice. I can I can appreciate the uh, the journey of the gym, bro, from going to being a member of the gym to then working at the gym and then kind of doubling down in that in that uh, that direction is uh, that's kind of how things happened for me as well. I was a member of my gym before I started working there too, and uh, and progressed along that. So I uh, respect for that. I think because I, I was so probably you're similar to this, but you know, you go to the gym, you're so excited to be there. You talk to members, like you become friends with people, <laughs> you become friends with the people that work there. And then eventually they're like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, why don't you work here? And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. This sounds great. And then that's sort of organically, you know, how, how it happens. So it's probably that passion and that drive towards just exercise training and meeting people excited about it. You know, it's probably what drove us to, to start working at the gyms that we were originally training at. Yeah, for sure. So what does it mean to you to be building your body the way you have been to, to, you know, to walk around and feel the way you do about what you've created? What does that mean to you? I think that the definition of it has, has sort of changed over time. Like when I, when I first, uh, started training, perhaps it was more about, you know, asserting some level of. I mean, I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't say dominance, but it's just, you know, when you first start training, you, you, you have that internal drive towards, you know, improving, but also maybe establishing yourself as, as someone who is strong in the eyes of others. You know, it's uh, sort of, you're somewhat driven from the, the views of others around you. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because now, you know, being a professional bodybuilder, it's less to do with that. And it's more to do with just my own internal drive towards, you know, improving, uh, you know, if, going from that that gym bro to you know wearing you know i think back and i slap myself but you know wearing like the string singlets and everything like that and you know you'd, ne- you'd never see me in the gym wearing a string singlet now because i just have no interest in in you know what what others think of me funnily enough i have more of an interest towards you know getting it getting in there and just and just doing the work so you know and, and being humble in, in my approach to training as well i think is very important so i think my timeline towards you know what it meant to be strong and uh, you know as a bodybuilder it certainly shifted towards towards uh, more of a humble approach to training now versus you know when i first started yeah that's such a good point because i think that perhaps some of one of the things that maybe puts a lot of guys off and i i know this from conversations i've had with dudes is that they don't want to be that gym bro kind of guy you know they don't want to be the dude flexing in the mirror and doing all that sort of stuff and i'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing but you know, some people have the really negative kind of connotation with that. Um, and so, but what's interesting though, I think that if we ask a lot of dudes, especially dudes that started in their teenage years, you know, I mean, as, as, uh, as crass as it may seem, it's, it's usually, well, you know, I want to get the girls or whatever it might be. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, uh, there's, there is definitely that point where you're comparing yourself to some of the people around you and, and you'd like to be someone who who was thought of you know in a in a positive way and so you know for those for the men that are listening to this right now 
that's okay. Like if that's perhaps your driving force initially, and maybe you feel like that's a little bit, a bit wanky or anything like that, you know, maybe it starts that way. But as you go through the process, you start to realize that, Hey, I just like doing this for me. You know, or this just makes me a better man. You know, this makes me a more disciplined person. This makes me more useful and more helpful for the people in my life that I care about, you know, and if it maybe starts for perhaps, um, some shallow reasons, which is that's okay, but know that, you know, you can progress that as you get into it a little bit more, you can, you can see the true benefits of something like this, which is, you know, you realizing what your body's really capable of and, and, you know, even what your mind's really capable of as you push yourself through these things. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's, that's so, so true. You know, I think those, inter those, those initial motives when, when someone, for example, is getting into the gym when they're young and, and, and versus, you know, 20 years into their, into their craft, it's certainly a hell of a lot different and it's less to do with, you know, the, the opinions and, and of others. And it's more to do with, you know, benefiting yourself. I think there are, you know, so many incredible benefits to being physically active and it doesn't have to even be, you know, the gym it could be cycling, it could be running, you know, whatever it may be. I think, you know, at the end of the day, someone who's, who's getting into the fitness realm, as much as you and I would, would perhaps encourage them to, you know, get into the gym, we know the benefits of that. We love it. It's our own you know, personal bias, for, for example, but, you know, ultimately it's just finding a, a type of training that you are going to be most motivated to perform. Uh, and I think, you know, looking at it from the perspective of, you know, your future self will certainly thank you when it comes to things such as like injury prevention, you know, prevention of various different, you know, chronic diseases, uh, reduction or cause mortality as well. So it means potentially being, you know, on this earth long for longer with, with your family, with less comorbidities, uh, and less, you know, hospital expenses. <laughs> so less, uh, less deep, you know, pocket in, in the, in the wallet. Uh, is certainly going to you know provide benefit in that matter. So, you know, so I think for some of those individuals that are perhaps reserved into getting into their training, whether it be you know for example the gym, because of their reservations surrounding the identity in which they'll they'll you know impose upon themselves that sort of gym bro. Uh, it doesn't certainly doesn't have to be that, and I think it's more of a, an internalized thought, really an internal dialogue, because you know at the end of the day everybody is really in the gym just to just to get better, whatever that whatever that means. You know, it could be better at Again, like you said, attracting the girls. It could be better at, you know, lifting heavy weights on a bench press. It could just be better because, you know, someone's struggling with their mental health and they, they want to get into the gym and it's their, their physical outlet and therefore, you know, their mental outlet as well. You know, ultimately people are just training because they're, they're wanting that sense of purpose and they're wanting to improve in, in some way. So, you know, I think it is important to sort of get past that, that barrier of, you know, I don't want to adopt this identity. I don't want to be seen as this, as this gym bro. I think it's also the people you associate yourself with, you know. So if you're going into the gym with the guys that wear the string singlets and they yell on every single rep, then yeah, certainly you're probably going to be seen as that as that person. But if you're in there and you're keeping to yourself and and you're you're polite and you're communicative and and you know you wipe the machine after you use it, <laughs> uh, then I I don't see you know any issues in that regard. Yeah, for sure. And even just to touch on something you mentioned there as well about, um, you know reducing the likelihood of having to pay hospital bills and all that kind of stuff as you get older. You know, I think that it's easy to, when you're in kind of that 20s, 30s, middle stage of your life where your health is kind of naturally not too bad unless you have really bad habits where you can sort of maintain a decent level of fitness without necessarily having to have a consistent routine in place. 
it's easy to undervalue the importance of getting into those routines now. Mm. You know, and, and you have to ah, I don't need that. You know, I don't need to train. I don't need to do sport or anything like that. Um, but then, and, and perhaps let's say that the the main all the two main factors that were stopping you are time and and you know, the investment of of money as well. You go, you know, I've got I've got other things I'm gonna I'm gonna put my time and, and money into. And, and thinking that you're saving time and money, when in the long run, what I think a lot of people are more likely to find is that, well, it's the cost of the cost in money moving forwards when they have to start to fix some of the issues that they've created for themselves with the life that they've built, uh, you know, hospital bills, medication, um, specialist appointments, all this kind of stuff, surgeries, all this kind of stuff that can come along. And then there's also the time cost that goes along with everything you miss out on as a result of not being in good shape moving forwards. And also perhaps even just having a shorter life because of that too. So for the guys that are listening to this right now who, you know, maybe don't see the true value of creating a routine for yourself right now in terms of your health and fitness, just, I, I know it's hard to, to, um, consider the long-term ramifications because everyone's just living in the now dealing with whatever the problems they've got today. However, by not considering those things, lads, you're really opening yourself up to some serious stress and cost in the future. So just take that into account when you think about, you know, is this worth the money? Is this worth the time? I mean, obviously I'm always going to say yes. I'm, I'm very biased, but in every, every, ex every example I know of, it's, the, it's been a yes as well in some situations. So as you were saying before as well, Dan, find a way to do it that you actually enjoy, that you can be consistent with. It doesn't have to be gym, it might be football or basketball or you know yoga or whatever it's going to be. Find something that you can stick to and be willing to invest in it because what's happening with that too is that as we put our dollars down on anything in our life, we're creating... We're telling ourselves that this is important to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm with my dollars. I am communicating with myself that this is worth that sacrifice. You know, so if you spend your money on beer, then that's what you're telling yourself is important to you. If you're spending your money on cigarettes, that's what you tell yourself is important to you. you know, if you're spending your money on whatever it is, that's what you're telling yourself is a priority right now. So just by being willing to consistently um invest in those areas of your life you're also um strengthening the idea that this is important to me and you're going to continue to start to look for ways to optimize your health and and the quality of your life mm, absolutely yeah i completely agree in that matter i think for some individuals they they can almost view exercise as you know a, a you know that initial cost that that may not be worth it you know it's like when uh finances start to get you know for example hard it's like usually you know exercise and and, and nutrition are usually the things that are sort of pushed to the side and i understand that like um i completely understand that but i think it is so important to to value your exercise your fitness and your health is almost like a non-negotiable you know because ideally your ability to enjoy other facets of life is really going to be reliant upon your ability to stay stay healthy as well so yeah, I, I completely agree, mate. So obviously we are, you know, if, if we were going to suggest what a man could do to optimize his health and performance, 
obviously we have that that gym bias to a degree. So then my question for you is, what are the benefits of getting into strength training and building muscle for men? Mm, absolutely, yeah. So I think from you know touching upon let's say more the the mental side of things first, uh, can certainly help in improving you know cognition, uh, problem solving. Like we said, talking about you know psychological health in terms of you know establishing establishing purpose. Uh, in terms of you know the physical side of things, obviously we've got an improvement in cardiovascular health and and reduction in associated you know, comorbidities with things such as cardiovascular disease, you know, heart attacks, things like that. There's also a, a protective mechanisms in in place associated with you know brain function as well. So re- reduction in risk of things such as like dementia and and Alzheimer's. You know as we get older too. Um, there's obviously the, the physical benefits associated with uh, injury prevention as well. So, you know, not that we're cavemen running around doing incredibly physical things, but certainly it can reduce the, the onset of, um, you know, osteoarthritis and things like that. Given that we do train, you know, smartly, I think that's 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 a really important, you know, uh, uh, sort of caveat to, to throw out there as well, because, you know, I think a lot of individuals can somewhat look at exercise and think, well, you know, I might injure myself if I'm, you know, too lifting too heavy or things like that. And I certainly think that that can be sometimes a barrier in the forefront of, you know, some people's mind associated with training and exercise and, and pushing their body. And I think that's, that's you know, one of the importance of, of really pushing forth that sort of gradual exposure to training. You know, so we're starting, everybody starts you know, small and they, they gradually, you know, build themselves up, you know, over time. Uh, also, the benefits of training associated with reduction in, um, in you know things such as like obesity, so obviously we're 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 getting more fit, and uh, as a result of that, a decrease in in things such as like metabolic syndrome, reduction in uh, onset of things such as like diabetes as well. So you know there are, and, and even in terms of exercise, there are some benefits surrounding some types of, of reduction in, in some types of cancer. So uh, that's you know that's obviously a really important one as well. So. I mean, there's, there's literally, and I could probably go on for the next 40 minutes associated with, with the benefits of, of exercise, right? And benefits of training. So, you know, they're, they're, when you, I think in any decision, any, any habit establishment, we're always thinking about sort of the way up of like cost, cost to, to benefit, right? That sort of cost to benefit ratio. And I think exercise is just, you know, the benefit is right up here and the cost is extremely low, right? So, it, I, I truthfully think that every single person on this planet should be doing something physically active and find passion and interest towards that because of the benefits that, you know, I've just aforementioned. Mm, absolutely. I think that, you know, you're a very learned man. So you're using lots of, of, of long sciencey terms for, for some of the stuff you're talking about. And, and, you know, just, just to add on top of everything you just explained that, you know, there's this this ability to massively reduce the risk of, of all these different um, diseases and and you know ailments that are going to come over time if we don't start to look after ourselves. But you know, a big thing for me is just the confidence boost you get from from pushing yourself and knowing that you're capable of things that are difficult. You know, I, that's a massive thing. And 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 as you mentioned, right at the start about the mental health effects of of getting into your training that again that that to me is also like a, a boost in confidence you know I, i'm the kind of person who's disciplined i show up i i i i'm i move the heavy things you know maybe it's just for the sake of moving the heavy things but you know i'm capable of doing that you know and i have confidence in my ability to help a friend move house you know or i have confidence in my ability to to do a task that needs to be completed for my family you know um I, i'm not 
I'm not worrying about whether I'm capable of that or, or, or needing to get someone else to help me. Not that there's an issue with getting other people to help you, but as men, I think we like to be as independent as possible. And I think if we build the strength ourselves. you know, it doesn't just, uh, impact our physical health, our mental health, the, the quality of the choices that we make moving forwards. But it also makes us into a great role model too, especially for guys who are watching this with families. Like, how do you want your kids to be when they grow up? Mm, absolutely, yeah. Physically weak? Do you want them to be out of shape? Do you want them to not enjoy exercise? Well, all of that is more likely if you have all of those same feelings towards it too. You know, there's a certain level of responsibility to to put in this extra bit of work yourself, even if it's a challenge for you too, you know, and, uh, and that's again, another reason why it's, it's, you know, if, if that is a struggle for you, you're, you're a guy listening to this right now, and this is not a natural thing for you to want to do. Um, but you do see the importance of it mate. get yourself around people that already do it, get yourself around people that are already good at this stuff. Um, and who are, you know, caring and encouraging and supportive, you know, whether it means getting yourself a strength coach like Dan here, coming and joining Unbreakable Man, or wherever you are in the world, going and finding, you know, what's what's in my area that that will allow me to meet other like-minded people that can help me on this journey. Mm, absolutely. I almost think that, you know, when, I mean, we, we can reflect back to ourselves, for example, when we, you know, first started training. I first started swimming. I first started getting at the gym and exercising, like, there is a hell of a lot of uh, discomfort associated with with starting new in fitness. You know, like everything just hurts that much more, right? The DOMS you experience associated with training, which is that delayed onset muscle soreness, is through the roof. The recoverability is pretty damn low because every single thing that you do in the gym is a novel stimulus. Uh, and plus, you've got a trainer that's, you know, trying to push you past that. So I completely understand, you know, that discomfort associated with, with training and sort of first getting into it. I think that there's... And you can probably vouch for this. There's probably that point where it's not necessarily like the training gets easier, but your resiliency towards it certainly gets higher. So, you know, you you you, you get soreness, but you somehow uh, enjoy the soreness that you you get. You know, we've all had that sort of workout where we've trained and then, you know, the next day you're feeling your chest. You're like, oh man, that's a bit sore, but you like keep poking it because it's somewhat exciting that you've trained hard the previous day. You know, whereas someone first getting into, you know, training, that is, is somewhat alarming. Like they're experiencing pain and discomfort in areas that they've perhaps just not experienced before. Uh, and that, that for some individuals can be alarming. It can be, you know, deterring as well. So I think for, for anyone who's, you know, starting out in their fitness journey, whatever it may be, it's that confidence that that your resiliency towards, towards this will improve over time. And I think with that, your enjoyment towards it improves as well. So it's almost, you know, pushing past that initial, initial discomfort to allow... For that enjoyment factor to really solidify in, in whatever type of ex exercise you you know you you partake in, yeah, well said. So then, um, for the guys that are watching this uh, and who are now considering, okay, look, I, I do see the importance of this, uh, and I want to start start to take some action. What are, let's say, top three to five tips that you would have for any man? who's about to get started with some strength training and some muscle building. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So I think the first thing would be, you know, layering a foundation, which, which is essentially surrounding you know, habits and, and routine. You know, that's, I, I think as a bodybuilder, 
that's something that, you know, as particularly as a coach, something that I'm constantly, you know, establishing to, to new onboarded athletes or perhaps, you know, bodybuilders who are new within the sport is just the importance surrounding, you know, routine and structure. I think one of the things that can be incredibly deterring for a lot of people getting into craft is that uh, there's so much decision fatigue, right? There's so many voices out there telling you to do, you know, X, Y, Z, train this, this split, train that day, you know, don't eat this, eat that, don't eat this. And we've both been around in the profession for long enough to almost see almost everything either be praised or demonized. So, you know, that kind of leads into my second thing is, is, is surrounding yourself with uh, an evidence-based approach to nutrition and training. I think that's, you know, incredibly important. Uh, I could probably list off, you know, a ton of resources, uh, but I could get could it could get into that, but I think you know surrounding yourself with with proper education around training is very important as well. It doesn't necessarily mean you know having to go and, and study a course or anything like that. But I think when you're more educated with respect to what you're doing, uh, you can you can buy into it more. So okay, coach is telling me to do you know X Y Z this week. Here he's telling me to eat these things, or is encouraging that I don't eat these things. If I don't, if I don't know why that I'm that's being prescribed or I'm being recommended these things, I'm, I'm probably not going to have that buy-in, and therefore I'm I'm not really interested in that. So I think you know, second, first thing would be establishing a routine and structure, uh, having certain days of the week that you know you're exercising, you know, having structure, even if it's you know, let's say you haven't established the proper foods that you want to consume yet, but at least having structure around. Okay, this time I eat my breakfast, this time I have my lunch, this time I have my dinner. So you've got that routine in place. You know, secondly to that education so you know empowering yourself with with education and resources and, and most likely getting a coach if you're if you're new to the craft um you know i guess number three is is i start to look at it from the perspective of you know prioritizing your your lowest hanging fruit so it's uh you know what what, what do you want to achieve out of your fitness okay if i want to get you know stronger well i'm chances are i'm probably going to, have to do some resistance-based training so it's essentially understanding the, the modality associated with Know, the type of training that you want to do whether it be strength training okay i want to improve my cardiovascular fitness or i probably have to do some sort of cardio-based training as well again that feeds into the routine around you know how am i going to structure this within within my day you know i think from a nutritional perspective it's it's probably for most individuals prioritizing a greater allotment of protein within their diet i think that's a that's a huge one if we look at you know the australian populace the australian recommendations with regards to, to protein intake is very minimal comparison to what you would need as being a strength athlete or someone who is partaking in resistance-based sport your your protein uh, recommendation almost doubles you know so a lot of the average australian is just not consuming enough protein to really um you know appease their goals surrounding you know improvement in lean mass and, and fitness etc so they're, they're probably some of the sort of the the initial tips associated with you know with training uh, certainly optimizing variables, you know, like then go into things such as like uh, prioritizing your sleep as being a non-negotiable, I think is so damn important. And it's just something that is so incredibly overlooked by, you know, many people. It's like the last thing someone you know, thinks of when it comes to improving their performance. Hey, you know, I'm really struggling with, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, and then, you know, you find out that they, they're, they're, you know, very active in their role. They do a whole lot of strength training, you know, and, and they're not, prioritizing their sleep as much and i you know i can also be the first to vouch that i've been in that situation as well and i've, I've felt the difference associated with getting quality sleep versus not getting quality sleep and the impact that it's had on on my results as well so that's that's an important and that's almost that that does feed back into the established routine around your week right okay i go to bed at this time wake up at this time 
train at this time, eat these meals at this time. I think that's so important. Mm, yeah, sleep is a big one. I mean, we literally had that exact same conversation. You know, you're looking at my check-in for the week and you're like, okay, well, you did four strength sessions. You did like six group sessions, three Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes, and you got six hours sleep a night. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, no wonder you're not gaining strength, Mitch. It's like, oh, okay, fine. Got to try and get to bed a little bit earlier. Dropped a few of those classes as well just to reduce the uh, energy output. And yeah, lo and behold, literally the, the very next week that I started doing that, I started seeing the the movement in the weights again in mm. the right direction, you know, mm. so sleep, man. And, and you know, I, I, I train guys who are kind of from 30 all the way up to sort of 55. And so many of those dudes have terrible sleeping habits. And it's, you know, obviously it's harder when you've got children, but for a lot of them, they just, they just struggle to get to sleep or they wake up during the night, you know, um, for, for one reason or another, and I think it'd be really, really good, you know, for anyone listening to this who has that same kind of experience of sleep, do not, do not um, neglect how how much you are leaving on the table by not fixing that. Mm, absolutely, yeah. It's hard to understate um, how how uh, sorry. It's hard to overstate how important that that is. Um, and, and like supply supply demand, you know what I mean. So you, you think of it from the perspective of someone who. You know, maybe doesn't get a whole lot of sleep. Maybe they sleep five hours per night. All of a sudden, on top of that, they're wanting to prioritize, you know, getting stronger, getting into the gym, and all of a sudden demanding more from their body within their week. You know, all of a sudden they go from not training at all to, you know, doing three group classes a week. Uh, and then, then, you know, then, then they're actually, you know, prioritizing any more sleep really. And so we get, you know, simply from the perspective of supply, supply demand, you're probably going to need more, more supply in the way of energy availability from you know, eating more, I think is a big thing. And also obviously getting, you know, getting quality sleep as well. I think, um, you know, particularly for guys who are in the gym and, and they're, they're first getting into it. Uh, there's that whole premise of, you know, eating higher amounts of protein, et cetera. But I think for a lot of individuals, it's, it's eating more, but it's eating more of the right foods. That's, that's the, that's the primary focus here. You know, food, food volume and food density are two different things. So, you know, look at food volume as being the the sheer grammage of the food and and the density as being the caloric density. You know, you look at something that like fruits and vegetables, obviously they are quite voluminous and, and less, less dense in the way of calories. So, you know, Often when, when someone, like when I was working as a, as a trainer in the gym, I'd be encouraging people to eat more of the right things. You know, they'd say to me, hey, Dan, like you're getting me to eat a hell of a lot more food than I've ever eaten before. And I'm like, yeah, basically, because you've never touched a vegetable for the last five years of your life. And uh, all of a sudden you're eating more, but you're also losing weight because the density of these calories is much less. You're eating less calories, um, but you're actually eating more quality food. So I think that's you know, really good uh, sort of segue, I guess, is just the importance and nutritional side of things as well. Mm. Yeah, awesome. So we've kind of covered the 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 what, the why, and and the how. So for those guys who are watching this right now, I really feel, I really hope that you feel like you can see the importance of this, and that you have a good starting point in the sense of okay, I've got to build a routine that includes sleep, food. How I'm going to fit my exercise in, getting a coach, or you know, so having some level of accountability in place, or education-wise, either you, you know you coach yourself by by um, you know doing a little bit of research. But you know, if you get if you get yourself a coach, essentially what you've done is taken all that time it's going to require you to research, and you've 
shrunken it right down because someone's going to give you the answers instead of you having to go and find them. You know, and that's not a bad thing either. That's why I work with Dan. That's why I work with my business mentors because I don't want to spend the next year, two years trying to figure out what's the perfect way for me to do this. I want to know right now so I can just start doing it. So it's a massive benefit of that, having a coach. And, um, you know, the next thing is making sure you get your, your recovery side of things right as well. So those are some really great places for you guys to start. And uh, I wanted to just wrap up this conversation by asking you uh, one final little personal question. Um, so who has been your biggest role model mentor that's helped you become the kind of man that you are today? That's a great question. I mean, I, you know, I, I think about it from the perspective of my, my family, probably most, mostly my mom, I would say, uh, she's been paramount. She's been there from, you know, the start relation to driving me to the pool when I was, when I was a swimmer, uh, to, you know, taking me to university, helping me to, you know, just all facets of my life. I would say was my, my mom's mostly, mostly being there for sure. I think in terms of, you know, mentor associated with training, I mean, I've had many, many, many great mentors, you know, most recently, you know, obviously Brandon, um, Brandon Kempter, but I've had some fantastic mentors all through, you know, my career so far. And, you know, I think back to when I was working, you know, on the Gold Coast at the the Griffith University, you know, fitness center, uni fitness, uh, it was a, a woman named Jeanette and she was sort of the person who took me under my, um, under her wing when I was first, you know, just new into, into the fitness industry, you know, this 16, 17 year old kid working behind reception learning what exercises are, et cetera. You know, she was really that, that mentor figure. Uh, she was a bodybuilder as well. So she, she sort of, I guess, was a big, big influencer in terms of my interest towards, towards that. You know, when I finished university and I, I started working as an exercise physiologist in more of the sort of chronic disease and rehabilitation setting, uh, my mentor at that time was, was one of the, one of the colleagues that I had, which is named David Hill. And I used to uh, actually did my placements with him when I was at uni and that's how I sort of went down that that route and that certainly opened up my eyes in terms of you know injury prevention chronic disease prevention in terms of the benefits associated with training uh, and then moving into you know the bodybuilding realm that's where you know I would say my mentor has been been Brandon so it's I've sort of had you know multiple mentors within the, the fitness realm with each their own sort of specific um, in terms of you know their, their, their focal point in, within my within my journey uh, and I, I would say that that everyone through that timeline has been imperative in terms of you know producing the man I am today and 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 you know the the coach I am an athlete I am today as well. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much for your time today, Dan. I really appreciate it, mate. Of course, mate. Absolute pleasure. Like I said, any opportunity to come on and, and talk about you know training, fitness, bodybuilding, mental health for men has been uh, is, is incredibly important to me and passionate about it. So thank you again for for bringing me on, man. Good on you. Cheers, Dan. Thank you. Hey, mate, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Unbreakable Man podcast. If you did, it would be absolutely fantastic if you could leave us a five-star review because that's going to help us get our message in front of more men who need to hear it. Now, if you have some feedback for me, I'd love to hear that too. Comment down below. And if you just need some mini doses of Unbreakable Man motivation throughout your week, then you can follow us across all social platforms. On Facebook, it's Unbreakable Man Challenge. On Instagram, it's Unbreakable Man underscore challenge. And on TikTok and YouTube, it's just Unbreakable Man. Your support would be absolutely invaluable. Now, last but not least, do not forget, men aren't born, they're built.